everyone. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us here at CVE Denver's podcast, Neutrality Minded. My name's Liz Patton. And I'm Abby Hopkins, and we are your podcast hosts. I'm about to finish my Master of Divinity degree with a focus on cultural engagement this year. And I have just completed my Master of Divinity degree specialized in chaplaincy. We are both passionate about the gospel and the equipping of men and women to become all that God has intended for them to be. And we're so excited to continue bringing you more stimulating conversations around the topic of biblical mutuality. As always, we at CBE Denver seek to advance the gospel by equipping Christians to use their God-given talents in leadership and service, regardless of their gender, ethnicity, or class. This podcast is another way to discuss the biblical basis for equality through the inerrant word of God and to encourage one another to develop leadership skills and spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. In this episode, we will be engaging in a conversation about mutuality, specifically mutuality in cross-cultural ministry. And joining us is Kirsten Adorno. Kirsten graduated from Denver Seminary's counseling program and currently serves both as a counselor at Full Bloom Counseling Services, um, servicing people in the Colorado area and serves as a member of the counseling team at a Christian missionary agency called World Venture. World Venture is a Christian nonprofit organization which seeks to equip, train, and care for over 500 long-term career missionaries serving in over 65 countries. We're so happy to have her here and her insights as a woman navigating mutuality in her own life, in the counseling field, and alongside others serving in cross-cultural ministry. Hi, Kirsten. Thanks for having me, Liz and Abby. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We're so grateful to have you and we're thrilled that you're here with us. So let's just go ahead and dive in, shall we? So we would love to hear more about your faith journey and just your personal journey with the topic of mutuality. Awesome. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, so my faith in God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, while evolving, was a very present part of my life. Uh, in my church context, I was part of a denomination that was not particularly egalitarian, so there was pretty, mm. uh, pretty significant imbalance in my church context, and uh, definitely when it came to mutuality. So, gender equality, there was clear kind of delineation between what men could do, what women could and couldn't do. Uh, so, yeah, that definitely contributed to my faith journey and development growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like in that journey there were any defining moments for you? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I would say three, three for sure come to mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first one was college. Uh, I was a part of an interdenominational ministry, uh, while I was in college. So really getting the chance to see equality from stage, uh, seeing women pursue a deeper understanding of scripture, leading from stage, leading off stage, small group Bible studies, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and not only, I mean, getting to see, uh, the communal beauties of faith lived out and uh, also discovering what a personal and intimate and individual relationship with the Lord looked like. Uh, so that was pretty huge for me. I'd say two, God nudging me towards ministry while I was in college. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think my first ministry experience was a like a summer leadership institute. I want to say that might have been my like junior or senior year. And it was the first time I had to support raise. And I remember getting some a little bit of hesitation from some of the leaders in my church home. Uh, I mean, it's been so long, so I can't remember exactly uh, what all the hesitation was about. I think some of it 
was probably connected to, you know, me pursuing leadership and ministry as a woman. Uh, Some of it was connected to them wanting to be sure that denominationally uh, there was alignment with with the group that I was going with. Um, And again, I don't remember all the specifics, but I remember just like recognizing that tension kind of being a reality. And uh, I think probably the most recent defining moment for me was uh, pursuing full-time ministry, full-time music ministry, actually. So I was a part, the church that I was a part of uh, was relatively conservative. You know, there was kind of a belief that musical instruments didn't have a place in the church. And so for me to, you know, have these experiences in college and post-college where I got to see how my passions, my giftings could be integrated with my love for the Lord uh, was just really empowering. And so, um, yeah, those were some of the defining moments that come to mind. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like oftentimes um, I I think a lot about that it's a metaphor. It talks about, you know, does a fish know it's wet? Mm. And I think a lot of times these experiences that we come out of the ones that shape us, um, it sounds like for you is one where you were both surrounded by these powerful, strong women in your life, Mm -hmm. but then in your own life experiences, these moments of tension where you sort of question, you're like, what is the water that I'm swimming in right now? Um, so yeah, thank you so much. I think that experience speaks a lot to someone who could be listening here today and something that, um, I think happens for a lot of women who Mm -hmm. are just doing a call to ministry. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. You started talking a little bit about your passions, Um, so we would love to just hear about your passion for counseling and kind of how you decided to enter the world of therapy. Yeah, yeah. So some of it feels really connected to my personality. Uh, You know, as a kid, I was always pretty observant, pretty sensitive. Uh, some, I mean, my husband would say nosy and probably <laughs> my life would say that too. So, um, curious, curious, <laughs> curious. Exactly. Yeah, positive reframe. reframe. <laughs> um, you know, so I, there was this quote, uh, from Johnny Depp. So I kind of came across it like maybe, I don't know, probably within a month or two before I decided to come to Denver Seminary for the counseling program. But he said, I don't know the context, but I really appreciate the quote because he said, uh, my sickness is that I'm fascinated by human behavior, by what's underneath the surface, by the worlds inside of people. Uh, And for me, I don't necessarily think it's my sickness, uh, but I (laughs) so resonate with that idea of being fascinated with the worlds that exist Mm. inside of people. And so I think pairing that fascination with care uh, just kind of molded and melded, I guess, well with uh, the idea and desire to pursue counseling. So, uh, you know, it feels so good to be able to listen to someone, to come alongside people in their journeys, whether they're seeking clarity on a decision they're about to make or really needing to wrestle through painful experiences from their past or helping couples learn or relearn how to attach to each other. Um, So that's just been, I think for me, it's really rewarding. Uh, I find counseling to be a space where people get to and are welcomed to wrestle. And uh, yeah, I get to do that every day. So Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what got me excited about entering therapy uh, and how I got here. 
I just love that you brought in a quote from like a totally different discipline, like an actor, you know? But I mean, I totally see that connection because someone who is an actor, someone who is, you know, embracing a different story that's not their own and doing so with a lot of integrity in a compelling way. And I think you talking about your passion for the counseling space, you're talking about jumping into another person's story and also bringing that same integrity um, into that space to be able to, yeah, just care for people. I think that's stunning. That was amazing. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of times on our podcast, you know, we, we talk a lot about scriptures and passages, but sure. I love that you're just bringing in other disciplines. Mm-hmm. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also just curious about different opportunities and challenges that you've experienced as a woman in the counseling space, but also as a black woman in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think some of the challenges that come up, uh, and recognizing, I mean, it can be very lonely to kind of be in spaces where uh, you are the only, either only woman, only black woman in a space. And so uh, it can feel tough to feel understood. It can feel tough to uh, be in positions where sometimes the expectation is for me to explain or teach or educate on why uh, doing or saying certain things might not be okay or why that might be hurtful. Uh, in some ways, it can just get a little exhausting. And I think, you know, it's interesting because in my previous ministry experience, uh, a lot, for the most part, I recognize that any many of the things that I experienced weren't um, coming, like the intentions weren't nefarious at, at all. Sure. Uh, and I still experienced hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, while well-intentioned, especially in a number of Christian spaces, uh, I still came up against uh, some of the pain of maybe the not having looked at one's own blind spots or things like that. And so um, that piece can be, can be and has been challenging. I think the opportunities in that, I, I still feel like I'm in the right place. I'm, I still feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. I think it's been rewarding over the years to uh, have potential clients reach out and say, hey, I'm looking for a therapist who's black and Christian mm-hmm. and is a woman. Uh, so to know that I hold very specific identities that give me the opportunity to potentially come alongside someone and uh, help them work through some things that they might have experienced or uh, might anticipate experiencing has been really rewarding. And I think, too, I feel really blessed in the places that I work because, uh, for the most part, the people that I'm interacting with, the leaders of some of these organizations, uh, are really humble in recognizing their desire to learn and recognizing at, at the end of the day, we all have blind spots. Uh, we have to be willing to look at those. And so uh, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there to grow and change. Um, I'd say to, you know, I do a lot of couples work and a lot of times I'll tell couples like, hey, if in order for this couples therapy thing to work, I need both of you to come in recognizing the role that you play in the problem, but also the role and opportunity that you can play in the solution mm-hmm. uh, and recognizing it's not just on you. It's not just on me. Uh, but there's an opportunity for collaboration here. And I think that that can be really, 
relevant to what we're talking about here in ministry or, or, or with counseling, uh, specifically ministry, uh, that there's opportunity for me to recognize how I can contribute to the solution and also to own some of the ways in which I may have contributed to the problem. You know, it's not always that cut and dry, but I think that there's opportunity there too. Transitioning a little bit in, you've kind of already mentioned a little bit of working with clients, but specifically in the context of cross-cultural ministry, um, how do you see creative opportunities in that realm um, for mutuality? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's been really neat in my role in uh, specifically at World Venture to see how cross-cultural ministry continues to evolve. Uh, I, I know that there was a time in which how people were called to ministry, how they went to ministry was very much, uh, you know, if it was a couple, it's, you know, the man is called to the ministry, woman or family comes alongside him to support and we're all potentially like overseas together. And not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing. uh, And I still see that right now, like, you know, even though that's still a reality, there's also a shift in, hey, we're seeing singles go. Uh, We're seeing single women go. We're seeing, uh, if it is a whole family go, we're seeing how there's an opportunity for everyone in the household to have a role that doesn't feel, um, that feels really equal. Uh, I, I counsel right now, at least in the season that I'm in, I'm counseling a lot of women, some single, some not. And some of them are teaching, some of them are leading, some of them are preaching, some of them are are starting ministries of their own. And so uh, it's been, I mean, honestly, pretty amazing to see, to get to experience and come alongside folks who are experiencing that shift. Um, yeah, so I, I will say too, I, I don't want to dismiss uh, the role of, you know, being at home and raising children and that sort of thing, because uh, I think that's very important. I think it's been rewarding, too, to see that that's not mm-hmm. the only sphere of influence that uh, women especially can have. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's like you get to walk alongside and see women discern yep. which is for them. Absolutely. And it's about the choice and mm-hmm. getting able to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, just for our listeners who might not have knowledge of what World Venture is, I, I think... Your slice of ministry work that you do at this nonprofit is so unique because while you are a counselor and you are providing that therapeutic care, um, you're doing so in an organization where missionaries are being sent for a career-long service in another culture. I just think about how you shared in your own life, unpacking your own cultural identity, Mm -hmm. and then also, you know, discovering the waters you swim in. I just think it's really beautiful to see how now the Lord is using you in this nonprofit as Mm -hmm. you are working with these couples and these singles and all of these missionaries who are unpacking their own cultural identities in the areas where the Lord has planted them. Mm. I was just wondering, do you have any examples like um, just regions that you're working in or any situations you may have unpacked of that cultural identity piece? Mm, Yeah. You know, it's, I, so a, a number of the regions that, I mean, we're working basically all over the place, Asia, Europe, uh, South, Central, Latin America. Uh, And it's interesting because regardless of where people end up landing, uh, there's definitely 
I mean, the cultural pieces come up. You know, we all have culture, regardless of our racial backgrounds, regardless of our, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds. We're all bringing cultural stories and narratives to the table. And a lot of times, some of those pieces that we didn't necessarily recognize might have been there Mm -hmm. uh, get really uncovered when we're immersed in an environment that is completely different from the one that we had we've grown accustomed to Uh, and so I don't know if I'm answering your question well so let me know if we can like parse this out a little bit more (laughs) Uh, but that every person that I'm working with we're talking culture we're talking we're, we're looking back in some of their journeys uh, because some of those things in their own narrative have, have come up since being in an overseas environment. Um, yeah, so I can say more about that, but I don't know if I'm no, taking I us think on it's, a tangent. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm just thinking about these like opportunities for mutuality. I just, yeah. mm-hmm. I think so often in the counseling space, there is this need to be able to dive into the experiences you come from and then being able to apply that to understand where you are today and how also like how you got there, what stories do we need to rewrite? Mm-hmm. And so I just see when this possibility for mutuality, when you're working with these couples or these missionaries and singles who are unpacking the cultures that they're in, it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hear that you recently were in Spain for a conference that World Venture held. Um, and that was for the, all the missionaries who are serving in the Europe region. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you'd want to share about this experience Yeah. You know, I think the part that felt the most special for me in getting to go to Spain was to meet people in their context. Uh, You know, I mean, again, I'm a therapist in the States. Most of the time people are coming to me in my office or we're meeting virtually kind of on a screen. And so to have the experience of getting in a plane, I mean, I've flown obviously before, but getting in a plane, going to see people on their turf, in their in their region, for some of them, amongst their families, amongst their teammates, uh, to be immersed in that was like a game changer because mm-hmm. uh, it just really brought to life the work that we're already doing, uh, but gave me. I'm a very like do things with my senses sort of person, so to get to see and feel and smell and and taste and and all of these different things in uh, the context that some of my clients are living day to day, which is really refreshing and um, yeah, really special. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. For those who might be listening who are either in caring professions or um, maybe wanting to be in caring professions, do you have any advice for how to graciously engage in empowering men and women? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, it's interesting. From the counselor perspective, I, I think this is relevant for anyone actually in the caring profession, but I think ultimately these journeys that we're on, it's developmental. You know, it's it's. A lot of times as a therapist, I am always seeking to orient around what my client is wanting or needing for themselves. And so, you know, I'm constantly asking the question, what is health, wholeness, embodiment, integration, mutuality? Like, what is what do they want that to look like? Um, is is where they're at with that now different than where they want to be? And how can I come alongside them and addressing that? And so my way of engaging and empowering ultimately is meeting people where they're at and 
recognizing that, hey, there's a spectrum and they may land somewhere completely differently than I am or than I do. And what does it look like to graciously kind of be okay uh, with with the wrestling and with the uh, sitting with and holding the tension? Uh, So, you know, a lot of times I'll still challenge my clients to maybe think differently if that's warranted or, you know, I'll graciously call them out or call them in, however you want to put it. If, you know, something comes up that feels heretical, you know, we, we can we can unpack that. That's okay. <laughs> I would hope so. You know, um, and uh, I, uh, this, this can feel different if you're in a role that's like pastoral care or mentoring or discipling or spiritual f- formation or, or discipleship, things like that. Uh, but I, I tend to a lot of times kind of lean out from giving too much advice because I don't want to take away from the process and journey of getting there, you know? And so, uh, that can be frustrating for clients. And we have, we have these conversations sometimes where, Hey, they just kind of want to know, like, what are you thinking? And like, what should I do here? And, um, I, my encouragement to caring professionals where it's possible is to, create space for the gray, for the wrestling, for the processing, um, to happen. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember when you were sharing in the beginning, you were talking about these like strong women that have been in your life throughout your life. I'm sure in different ways they've created that space for you. Um, I'm just wondering, like at this point in your life, are you learning anything you would want to share with us, um, Mm. both in your life and your career? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, many things. I think one, career and personal life, I'm learning slower is faster. Mm. Um, I am learning and relearning the importance and necessity of Sabbath. Uh, And, you know, again, here we are talking about journeys and coming alongside people and, you know, wherever they are in their journey of understanding what mutuality means and looks like for them. Uh, And sometimes it can be very easy to focus on what the end goal is, or I just want to land somewhere, or I want to, you know, make sense of what it looks like to be in this camp or that camp. And sometimes it, we can really be robbed if we try to get there too quickly. So uh, one, slower is faster. I think also I, specifically as it relates to my career, I am learning, uh, and maybe folks in caring professions can relate to this, but I'm learning that God is placing the clients in my life that I need. And uh, again, I want to preface that by saying I'm not, you know, meeting with clients so that I can get my needs met or so that I can like work through sure. stuff that I haven't right. worked through. But it's just been really sweet to see how ultimately, I mean, God's providence in the people that he leads to do work with me and uh, the ways that I'm even blessed, challenged, encouraged, empowered by other people's journeys. Uh, there's always something to be learned and, uh, one of my my supervisors often reminds me that there are when I'm working with clients like there are two experts in the room. Uh, hey, I might have an expertise in attachment and family systems and counseling and cl- the clinical stuff, but you as my client are an expert too in your life and your journey. And 
remembering that there's so much that I glean from them as mm. well. So that has been really special as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I feel really confident that the people listening are going to um, feel impacted by mm-hmm. and learn from your story. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just been cool for me to get to hear from you as well. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing that you're saying, like there's something to learn from everyone. Um, we've been blessed to get to hear from you. And I'm sure that the people listening have been as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for the people who are listening who might be in the process of discerning their own calling. I know that you had your own journey of kind of figuring out your calling and um, being interested in ministry and the different pivotal moments that led to where you're at now. Um, What advice would you have for people who are in the middle of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I know it's interesting, Abby, because I I recognize there is not a one-size-fits-all sort of answer with this, but I think, I mean, first, for me, I started scripture. I think that's my biggest encouragement, but also uh, recognizing that whatever sources or resources you're consuming, whether that's podcasts, books, sermons, one-on-ones with pastors or leaders or professors, uh, not my encouragement would be to not overlook the perspectives that differ from yours. Uh, and I'd almost say pursue them. Uh, look for the ones or seek them out, you know, the ones that, that, yeah, those who might land on a different side of the spectrum than you. Uh, Because I think, I think in my journey, I've learned too that if I'm listening to only one sort of voice on a matter, what I start to say and think sounds really similar to theirs, which, hey, might not necessarily be a problem. And if we're looking for a well-rounded, grounded understanding of, you know, mutuality or discerning where God is leading us in terms of calling, I think it's really necessary to have a diverse uh, understanding of what others think about whatever the topic may be. So I think that's a piece of it. Um, I think, too, being curious, I I have found that in my journey, again, kind of going along with this slower is faster, like when I'm hearing something or reading something or hearing something in a podcast or meeting with someone uh, and an emotion is evoked in me uh, based off of what they said or what I'm hearing, letting myself be curious to say, like, okay, where's that coming from? What, what? does that bring up in me? What has that, uh, how has that, or might that influence the next steps that I'm taking here? Um, and I, I, I mean, again, ultimately, as people are discerning calling, as people are learning about mutuality, uh, I land in the kind of place where I, I don't think it's as much about like solely the final destination as it is the process of getting there. So, I mean, in the course of this time, you probably recognize like I have in the course of my career become really okay with the wrestling and like the gray. And again, that's not always a fun place to live in. Uh, But I think that, you know, I think asking the questions of, you know, is, is God calling me here? Is he calling me there? Is, is, what what does 
or can obedience look like regardless of where I land? Or what does it look like to be tethered to the Lord uh, regardless, even in the season of gray? Um, so, yeah, I think my encouragement would be embrace the gray, slow down, and, yeah, let yourself hear what other people have to say or offer. So, mm. yeah. With what you're sharing about that piece, that curiosity piece, mm-hmm. and then also that slower is faster. I kind of have this visual image of sort of standing at the intersection of two stories, mm-hmm. the same way you were describing that Johnny Depp quote, mm-hmm. you know, and like, it sort of seems like a, a value in your own therapeutic process of embracing these stories and seeing what you can learn from others. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really beautiful to imagine this idea that you're both curious um, and open to seeing how two stories can intersect for the betterment of your own story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I can't think of a better way to yeah, conclude. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for that. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. And um, thank you, all of you, for listening with us today here at the CBE Denver Mutuality Minded Podcast. We are looking forward to continuing this conversation further about what mutuality looks like in our next episode. If you want more information about CBE Denver or would like to engage further in dialogue about the topics we've discussed here, check out our website at cbedenver.com or visit our Facebook and Instagram pages for more information. Wherever you might be, driving to work, hitting the gym, or having a normal life around your home, thank you for joining us and remember to stay mutuality-minded.